given me and, and blessed me with and, and taking my talents and, and trying to glorify him through through uh, my passions and my talents. Because so. we need Christians whose faith is alive right now. God doesn't ask for anything in return from us. He just wants us to trust him and believe that, you know, he is the Almighty and sent his son Jesus here to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins. I'd rather share a Bible verse on Sunday morning with an audience of 100 than just try to sell products and not make any difference at all to an audience of a million. And then it's like, well, that's settled. Let's go. <laughs> we sit back and we, we develop this envious jealousy inside of us because somebody else is living the life that we want while we sit down and don't do anything about it. Get out. Go enjoy it. And then, of course, you know, you and I would say, get in the woods! Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Rascal Elite Podcast. My name is Tyler Pruitt. I'm the host and founder of this show. I just want to thank you guys for joining me for another episode. This is going to be episode number 68. It's crazy to think that we are already on 68, but the fact of the matter is, we are here. If this is your first time listening to the Rascal Elite Podcast, then I want to thank you for choosing to listen to the Rascal Elite Podcast today. This show is all about three things. That's God, freedom, and the great outdoors. And all the conversations that, that we have on this show is centered around those things. I've been blessed with the opportunity to be able to talk with all, all kinds of incredible people from all across the world. Guys like Travis T-Bone Turner, uh, Bud Fisher, Catching Deers, Jeff Danker of Buck Ventures. I mean, the list goes on and on. I could sit here and list so many incredible people that have prioritize those three things that God, freedom, and the great outdoors in their lives. And it's just a testament to what this podcast show is doing. And I know a lot of you guys can kind of resonate that fact. And I definitely appreciate the support that you guys have continued to give. Uh, you can check out the Rice Elite podcast on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash RKE afield. That's RKE as in Rice Elite. And then we're also on Instagram at the handle at rise kill eat all right so you can check us out on there follow us give us a like whatever the social media terms are nowadays you can check us out on those two platforms uh today i am joined by chris ham chris helps run his family business at hha and we'll be getting into that story today i'm really excited to be able to share this conversation with you guys chris has an inspiring story of redemption and an inspiring story of giving back to military and veterans and I know you guys are going to really enjoy this episode today. Uh, I know we say it all the time, and I've said it several times here, but that this show is all about God, freedom, and the great outdoors, and that's exactly what this conversation is all about. So I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Be sure to check out Chris on social media. He's on Instagram. He's on Facebook. And be sure to follow HHA Sports and HHA USA on Instagram and Facebook. And I'll have that those links and the information in the show notes of the show. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Chris Ham of HHA. All right, so I've got Chris Ham right here on the Rise Kill Eat podcast. Thank you, Chris, for taking some time out of your evening. I definitely appreciate it, man. Oh, man, I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. And, and as you know, you and I were emailing back and forth for quite a few months here. And uh, the, the enemy has a way of getting in our schedule sometimes. <laughs> and I finally just said enough's enough. We're going we're gonna to do this thing here and knock it out. So. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, I guess to kind of set the stage a little bit for our listeners, we've been working on this, I think since August, early September or so, but like you said, there's just been things that have come up on both ends and it's, it's just kind of the, the way life goes sometimes, but nonetheless, we are here in January, a little bit later than anticipated, but we are here and we have a great opportunity to be able to come together and talk about, you know, God, freedom in the great outdoors, which is what this whole podcast is all about. You bet. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. And it's, uh, we can get into this a little later, but this is kind of cool the way God works. Today was the, uh, the first day of the virtual ATA show. Obviously the ATA is not getting together because of COVID-19 this year. And yeah. so, so this is the day that we pulled the cover off of our new products. So we can, we can talk about that a little later. So had I come on earlier in the season, we wouldn't have been able to, I would have had to just been able to give you a teaser at that point, but there we go. There we go. The enemy thought he could hold us back, but we ended up winning in the end. So, Amen. <laughs> but, uh, but the, uh, I first heard from you from Joe Buffett. I had Joe on, uh, back last summer and, um, he was telling me to kind of give me a list of some guys to check out and, uh, your name was on that list. So I definitely had to check you out and check out what you're doing with HHA. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely glad to be able to, to reach out with you. And, you know, part of that, the whole process, the whole scheduling process, which in, in my opinion, if people are wanting to get into podcasting, then that's probably the worst part of it is the scheduling process. <laughs> but the whole scheduling process also allows us an opportunity to hear your story about this past whitetail season. And so what does that, what did that kind of look like for you? Oh man. Well, I mean, a lot of people think that, you know, being, being one of the owners of HHA, they, you know, a lot of people think, well, I must hunt all over the country and have leases in Illinois and Missouri and Kansas and you name it. And I just, I, I did that stuff when I was younger, but I really don't have a, a huge desire to travel to hunt anymore. I just, I traveled so much for, uh, for our business over the years. I've just become a real homebody and I'm very blessed. I've got, uh, uh, 80 acres of family land, 15 minutes from, from where we're talking right now. And, uh, was actually able to, uh, to purchase the, the neighboring 80 here last week. So now I've got 160 acres of ground that I have all to myself. And so, uh, one of the reasons you and I couldn't connect is I was, I was chasing after a, a pretty good Wisconsin buck here for a good part of the fall. And, uh, unfortunately didn't connect on him, but I had had four encounters with him and he's, he's still walking. I just checked my trail cams here on Sunday and I've still got pictures of him with both of his horns. So there we go. There we go. Yeah. There's always next year. That's, that's my motto. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty, uh, pretty excited. I met with a, with a good friend of mine that, uh, that does food plots and, and plantings and, kind of land management met with him and his daughter yesterday out at the property. And so our, our season's only been over for a week and a half and I'm, I'm already itching for September. Cause I think I got a, I think I got a plan to, to put an arrow in this guy this year. So maybe I'll come back on in uh, in October once I get him on the ground. There we go. There we go. Yeah. I mean, if you got 160 acres, especially up there in, you know, prime Wisconsin area, I mean, that that's pretty much all you need. You don't necessarily need to go traveling around all over the country and trying to spend all that money and trying to figure out your, plan for that when you've got that right there in your backyard so it's hard to beat that yeah no i mean i love sleeping in my own bed every night and like i said yeah. from the time i leave my driveway till i'm settled into one of my redneck lines it might be a 20 25 minute endeavor so it's pretty uh it's pretty sweet i was able to put a put a 153 inch buck on the ground last year during rifle season i, I just couldn't connect with him with a bow but it's uh it's the best buck i've i've taken to date and um my dad who founded hha he passed away a year ago july so I was actually able to, to harvest that deer with, uh, with his old 30 out six. So it was pretty, pretty meaningful season for me, even though it wasn't an archery deer and I'm an archery guy, uh, it, it kind of gave me a, 
a renewed love for uh, for rifle hunting, and so I, I only cashed out on two deer this year, a doe and uh, and a decent nine point, and I and those both fell victim to that same thirty out six. So I'm getting kind of getting into this gun hunting stuff. Yeah, yeah. My my, uh, I guess one of my other models is whatever is most effective and legal is was going to be what I want to hunt with, but right. I definitely understand from your perspective wanting to be an archery guys, <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. So you, you mentioned your dad there's, but how, uh, how did you get into hunting? You know, where, where did that start with you? Everybody's got their own story. So what does that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, 40. When am I? I'll be 46 here in May. So, but I, I started shooting a bow and arrow when I was four or five years old, you know, back in the late seventies, early eighties. And, um, my dad had, had been into archery for probably a decade at that point and uh, hadn't broke through with HHA yet, but he was dabbling in, you know, creating his own archery accessories and, and had a desire to get into business for himself. But at that point, we were just a, we were just a, a low-income Midwest family that, uh, that loved hunting. And so, so I started shooting a bow and arrow at five years old and um, been doing it ever since and, and absolutely love it. So, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's something that I'm, I'm getting my kids into. My son, he's uh seven years old and he started shooting his little bow. It's, I think it's got like a 10 pound pull on it. Just, you know, just kind of getting into the groove of things a couple years ago. And I'm hoping that one day he'll have that same kind of story. And that's a, uh, that's pretty cool to be able to introduce kids because you never know what it's going to turn into. Like, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it's definitely a, a blessing as a father to be able to, to pass down the tradition, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. And I mean, my older brother is uh, 12 years older than I am. So, I mean, he was already into, into archery as, as well at that point. So, I mean, it, 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 obviously just from the family perspective and everybody hunting together, that was great. But then once, uh, once dad got into business and, and my brother and I both went off to college, we ended up ultimately both coming back and, and working for the business. So, I mean, it's archery has been a part of my life as long as I can, as long as I can remember. So what do you think it is about archery that, that really kind of, I guess, uh, kind of, get you i've always i've heard people explain that it's like the the archery bug kind of bit them and they were never able to get away from it so what do you think it is about the sport of archery that really attracts you and attracts you know other people so much and with so much intensity uh well i think it's something i mean that's a that's a question that's probably got a lot of different answers to it but i mean for me personally i just like i said growing up around it i just i've i've known it forever um but just, you know, just archery, even without hunting, I mean, it's just a fun sport. It's just fun to, to get out in the yard or go to the range and just, just shoot arrows and just kind of check out from, from everything that's going on in the world. It's, uh, you just kind of have to get honed in on that target. And, uh, it's, it's archery is a lot of fun. It's, it's a great, great sport for the whole family. I mean, it's, um, we're, we're HHA is a big sponsor of S3DA. So I, I go to the, you know, maybe some of the kids that aren't as athletic and they're not going to be the, the starting center on the basketball team or the star quarterback, but I mean, anybody, anybody can shoot a bow and arrow. Uh, yeah. so it, it really, there, there's really nobody that, uh, uh, not nobody, but I mean, it's, it's a pretty broad hobby that, that anybody can pick up. And with a little bit of training, you can get pretty good at it in a short amount of time. Yeah, that is true. That's definitely true. Yeah. I can, I can see that. Um, I'm, I'm a school teacher, so I, I work in public schools and, you know, looking at, the different districts that I've worked at over my short career as a teacher and seeing, you know, the archery teams and you really do have a diverse group of, of students that, that participate in, you know, school archery. Now that is also amplified, you know, in, in just the general hobby and the general sport as a whole. And you see, you know, 
all all kinds of people of all body types that are able to participate in archery because of that and just the diversity of, of participation i think is what uh is one of the many things that i think bites people and you know and and really uh really allows them to enjoy the sport and especially if you decide to go out and hunt with a with a bow and you know having that animal that close to you within 30 40 yards and seeing its breath coming out of its nose whenever whenever you're uh got the bow pulled back on them i mean it's it's just a, it's hard to beat that that experience yeah and i mean like i said earlier you know i've gotten back into gun hunting too so just as far as just getting out in nature in general and just enjoying god's great outdoors i mean that's something that i've just grown to to respect and enjoy a lot more in the last few years it's it's not anything i ever took for granted but uh after doing it so long it's like man this you know i'm only 45 46 years old but who knows when our last day on this earth is going to be so every every yeah. trip i take to the woods i just i thank god for the opportunity it's just it's awesome to be out there yeah yeah definitely definitely is so uh we were men- mentioning before we were actually talking before we pushed record here how you had shared your testimony at ata and you know i actually didn't know that before you had said that so i'd, I'd love to be able to hear that and i'd love for our listeners of the rice Gleek podcast if you're willing and uh able to share i mean the, please feel free to to share as much or as little as you as you'd want to absolutely no i mean i uh and we had mentioned joe bufford too i mean i uh I, yeah. joe put out a great uh devotional called dominion that uh a year ago a year ago in november uh he actually wanted me to write uh my testimony and share it in there and i just i turned him down and i think that was just the that was the enemy working on me just at that point i wasn't maybe quite as comfortable sharing my faith and i had just lost my dad and uh, uh the archery industry just wasn't quite what it was the year before so i mean hha was n- not struggling but we were we were trying to kind of get our mojo back and so i just I, I came up with every excuse under the sun why i didn't want to share my testimony in joe's book and just politely told him no and then uh not long after that i was on the way out to my farm one afternoon and I got a phone call from uh, Howard Tripp, who runs uh, Real Avid. They're a gun accessory company out of the Twin Cities area. And they're the ones that run the Target the Heart Breakfast at the ATA show. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just pulling into the farm, so I didn't want to answer the phone, but I knew what he was calling for. Um, and he wanted me to share my testimony at the ATA show. And this was a Friday afternoon. So I, I get into my blind and I listen to the voicemail. And and the enemy was speaking that same thing to me. He's like, no, you're, you're not going to do this. Not, not right now. So I, I emailed Howard's wife that night and just thanked him for the opportunity. Basically what I told Joe and just said, now is not the time. Well, I was driving back out to my farm that Monday, uh, the following, you know, after the weekend was over and I was literally on the same spot in the road where I got the phone phone call from Howard. And I just felt <laughs> God telling me somebody in that room needs to hear your testimony. And I mean, I get chills telling the story and yeah. I went from a hard no to a hard yes in, in a, a fraction of a second. And so at that point I decided that, uh, you know, it was something that I had to do. And so, um, a little bit of my history, I was, I was born and raised in a, in a Catholic household and, um, went to church, went to catechism, the whole nine yards. And then the, the more I got into junior high, high school, I just, I didn't, didn't attend church as much. And I just, I really kind of fell away from my faith. I never lost my, my belief in God, but I had no relationship with Jesus yeah. at all. Um, I was just living life for myself. And so I, I go into, uh, tech college, I graduate from there. I go to work for my dad 
buy myself a new truck, build a house, get married, everything's perfect, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't, I'm just living life on my own terms. Well, long story short, um, I was a pretty heavy drinker back in those days. And so, um, my marriage ended up falling apart. I got divorced and kind of hit rock bottom, even though I was still able to perform all my functions for HHA, nobody really saw other than maybe some of my close friends in the industry, what was really going on. And so, um, I was in a bad, bad way about 10 years ago and ended up meeting, a uh, a Christian woman that, that totally turned my life around and her witness to me, helped me back to Jesus. And, um, it's amazing. It was 2000, 2000. I, I don't have, I mean, some people have, you know, they have it down to the minute and the day exactly when it happened. And it was kind of a gradual thing for me over, mm-hmm. over the course of time. I knew that if I was going to stay with her and if I was going to, if I was going to stay either out of jail from getting a DUI or stay on this side of the, of the dirt, I was going to have to change my ways. Yeah. And so I quit drinking. God just completely took that desire away from me. Totally. I haven't had a drop for five and a half years now. Um, and Congratulations. I, that's a, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And, and it's, it's especially tough in, in our industry and I don't want to stereotype the archery industry, but I mean, you go to an ATA show and there's, there's a lot of that going on after hours and it's, uh, it's a, uh, and for a long time, I, I lived under the false belief that, you know, that, that version of me was why we were successful. I, I had an arrogance about me that thought, well, people, people like that version of Chris, that's why HHA is popular. And that was a, that was another lie from the enemy. So, um, so just being able to put all that behind me and now live, live my life for him. And I say it all the time to my friends, more, more Christ and less Chris. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a challenge on a daily basis. I mean, we, we, we're, we're all sinners. We still, we still have that struggle, but just having that, having that center and that spiritual GPS every day, when you wake up and knowing that you can go there and, and everything's going to be okay, regardless of what transpires before you go to bed. It's just, it's a, it's a comfort and something that, uh, that I just, I want to, I want to share with people because my, my life is 180 degrees from what it used to be. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's an incredible story, man. And, uh, you know, the Bible tells us to die to ourselves and that's exactly what it sounds like you had to do. You had to take the old Chris and you had to literally crucify him so that Jesus could take the place. I mean, that's, that's really what we have to have to do in order to have that relationship, have that true, that true, uh, relationship with him is be, be able to, to selfless, selflessly, you know, crucify ourselves so that, Jesus can, can become alive in us and be resurrected in us. You know, that's the, that's the thing about the whole, the resurrection, the crucifixion story is that I think it's obviously it's a, it's the moment when which Jesus became sin so that we can be reconciled with God. But it's also a, a symbol of, I guess what, what we have to do almost on a daily basis. Cause you know, we have to die to ourselves. You know, it says take up, take, take up our cross on a daily basis and die to ourselves so that we can, that we can, uh, I guess, pursue, have that relationship with Jesus. And that's, that's an awesome story. Yeah, no, I mean, it, uh, it was life changing for me. I got, uh, I was baptized as a, you know, as a Catholic, as a baby when I was six, eight weeks old, but I mean, um, ended up having, uh, having a water baptism in August of 2017, about six weeks before I got married to my wife that, that helped me come back to my salvation. So we, uh, we do that with our church out at a lake every summer and, 
um, you talk about a about an emotional day, and we I was actually in the in the restroom at the lake, uh, and met another gentleman in the bathroom that I've actually gotten to be pretty good friends with, and he he was in a similar boat to me where he was a he uh, he was a water ski guy and, and a big partier and heavy drinking, and uh, and he and I got baptized together, so we we stay in touch and and encourage one another. And I mean, it's just it's it's awesome when you start living your life not through your own eyes but through god's eyes what opportunities and the people that he brings to you and the the, the successes and and what your definition of success is totally changes too once you've once you've given your life to christ but yeah it's just been a been an awesome journey i just I shake my head and and smile and nod quite a bit because some of this stuff you just you can't make up the best writer in the in the world couldn't couldn't write a book like this Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that the the definition of of success really changes. You know, like once you are brought into Christ, and it's definitely true. And it's uh, you know, I think whenever we're in the in the world, we have the secular idea of what you know success looks like, which is like a lot of money, a lot of popularity. You know, people like us and all that kind of thing. Whereas success in God's eyes isn't necessarily that. In a lot of ways, it's the opposite of that. Like it's a it's a humility towards him and to recognize him as the provider and to, you know, be sanctified by him. And it's those, a lot of those things are going to get you made fun of in a lot of popular circles. And, you know, as that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool that you have, especially, you know, being in the, in the head position of a, of your business, you know, that's, that's great that you, you, uh, obedient to God in that way. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, you talk about those successes. I mean, that was all I used to base my, my happiness around was, was the money and the new truck and the house and the, you know, Mm -hmm. the awards and the the notoriety that we would get from within the industry. And it was, I think it was back in 2000, 2012, 2013. um, I got put on the cover of archery business at the, and it was at the Matthew show. We introduced our optimizer cadet, which is a a youth site for like new archers. And it's a really small product. So I, I had it sitting in the palm of my hand and then they, picture was real distorted the guy told me to you know stick my hand out as far as i could so you see me holding this this bow sight and i know i was hung over i guarantee i was hung over during the picture um and i actually put that up on the screen when i shared my testimony because i and uh, the publisher at the time he and i got to be pretty good friends he called me i remember i was sitting in the walmart parking lot and i saw it come up as his caller id i knew exactly what he was going to do because he had joked with me that he was always going to put me on the cover of uh of archery business and before i even said hello i'm like you're putting me on the cover aren't you and this, this was before i was saved and he, he laughs he's like yeah i'm gonna do that for you hammer and uh I, I i just remember not even being happy about it at the time because i, I was such a i was such a lie I mean, you look at that picture, it's like, man, that guy literally has the world in the palm of his hands. And I was, I was empty because I didn't have, I didn't have Christ in my life. And so, um, I, I hadn't looked at that picture. I, I think I threw away every copy we had in the office. My mom's got one, but I didn't even want to have one. And, um, when I got ready to share my testimony, I knew that that was the picture that I had to use just cause it's so, it's so powerful to see what that picture of me looks like and what a low point I was at. And then to hear my story on top of that, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful because so many people in this world are living for the wrong, wrong reasons. They've got, they've got the wrong gods and the wrong idols in their life. And I was one of them for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I, I remember, you know, watching my dad and my grandpa, both of them were alcoholics and, uh, you know, dealt with addictions to pain pills and all that kind of thing. And, um, 
I remember being young, I mean, probably seven, eight, nine, ten years old, watching them, you know, doing, doing what they do. And I just remember thinking, I don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure it was God that was putting this in my heart, but I just remember thinking, like, I don't want to do that. Like, because I could see, you know, a lot of what you were saying is that emptiness that they were, they were striving for more and they were trying to find it at the bottom of the, the bottle and they just never, never found it. And, uh, I, I remember making the decision, you know, I guess as a, as a young kid to, to that I was going to, you know, change the family tree and thank God up to this point, I've been able to, and that's a, that's something that is definitely heavy in a lot of people's, a lot of people's lives. And, you know, if people do have that, that can't, that kind of, uh, addictions they do have those types of things then definitely seek some help i mean find somebody that can that can uh that can help you out with that you know whether it be a pastor or counselor or, you know a combination of the two whatever whatever that is it, it can definitely be be pretty tricky but the good news is with you, know, you chris is that god won in the end so here we are and now you're on the rice Elite podcast giving your testimony about it so <laughs> there we go <laughs> no it's uh because i i know i know that there's a lot more Chris Hams out in the world that are, that are living the exact life that I was. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not self-righteous at all. I, I, I've been saved by the grace of God. And I just know that my, my story is, which is ultimately God's story is going to impact other people and hopefully help them turn their lives around. And I mean, that's, that, that's my job, even though I own, I'll own an archery business. I, I joke with people. I say, I, you know, I work for Jesus. He just lets me play with bows and arrows eight hours a day. Yeah. That's not a bad deal. That's <laughs> so speaking I, of, <laughs> that's how I view things. So yeah, definitely, definitely. So speaking of, what kind of uh, role are you currently playing with HHA uh, Sports? I mean, that, that's something that you had mentioned earlier that your dad had started. So, you know, what, what's the kind of the evolution as far as how you were involved in that process? Yeah, I mean, we started in 1984. We started with one product, and a lot of people don't know this, but it was a it was a folding stabilizer. Which, ironically, that's that's what we got back into as of today. Where HHA is back into the stabilizer business for the first time in probably 15 years. It's probably been that long since we've we've had a stabilizer. Yeah. Um, but that was the first product we had when I was nine years old, and um, mom and dad and I and my brother and my sister we were the only employees and. So I was, I was answering the phones when I was nine years old. I was putting products together, um, packaging, all that stuff. And then as I got into high school, I, I didn't really have the, the knack for, for building stuff. Even though I was a Lego kid, I, I decided I wanted to sit behind a desk and do what my dad did instead, which, I mean, he was, he was still the designer. But um, so I got into the, for the marketing and the advertising role right out of college and did that. So I was our, I was our promotions guy for the better part of 15 years, almost 20 um and then um his health started to, to deteriorate a little bit in the uh he had a heart attack in 2000 so um i'm sorry 96 it was but uh so i started to kind of graduate into some more you know supervisory roles and and working on the financial stuff and so my, my job has evolved somewhat over the years we've now got uh, a sales manager that that handles 90 percent of my old job so i'm I'm kind of the strategic planning guy and the financial guy and um, still handle some of the parts ordering and, and oversee the production a little bit. So um, I, I wear quite a few hats, and uh, but luckily we've got so many awesome employees uh, that we that we get to work with every day. Um, and they've, they've taken a lot of my old old jobs away from me. So that's allowed me to have probably my, you know, my HHA workday might be five or six hours a day this time of year. We're still 
still going pretty hard just because we're trying to get new product launched and mm -hmm. wrapping up all that stuff. But, um, you know, in another few weeks, once that settles down, I'll, I'll be able to knock out my, my HHA work in, in three to four hours a day. And then I can, can devote more time on my, my veterans nonprofit. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to get into that. And, uh, this is something that you also do with your brother, right? I know you mentioned you have a, you have an older brother and, um, is he involved at all in HHA? Uh, in the, in the business itself. In the business itself. Yeah. Yeah. I thought oh, I had yeah. read that. Okay. I thought yep. so. Yep. He sure is. Yeah. Uh, so, so the way that all started out, kind of the timeline of it all, like I said, we started in 84. Um, yep. my brother, my brother came back to work full time in 92. Um, actually I think it was the fall of 91. So at that point we had gotten into caliper releases. That's when they were getting real big. And so my dad decided that we just couldn't, couldn't compete if we weren't making our own parts at the, up until that point in our history, the first seven years we were working with outside uh, machine shops to source yeah. all of our parts and it just wasn't profitable. So, um, my brother had a, had a machining and an engineering background. So, so dad told him, Hey, I want you to come back and start a machine shop for us so we can start making some money. So, um, that was 1991 and then 96, uh, I, that's when I got out of, out of tech school. So at that point then I was back full time running the marketing side of things. So it, it worked out well because dad, dad basically wore all those hats for the first almost 10 years. And then I uh, was fortunate enough that, that both of his sons were able to, to wear hats that the other guy didn't want to wear. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that worked out real well. So yeah, my brother does all, he does a hundred percent of the design work. I mean, I, I have a little bit of input on it, not a ton. Um, but, but just enough to kind of keep him honest. And, uh, and then Scott, our sales manager has got some input on that stuff as well. So, um, we're, we're kind of a triple headed, triple headed, uh, spear that way as far as how the design goes. But like I said, the bulk of that falls on, falls on my brother. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great that you guys have had that, uh, that family involvement all throughout that, that whole process. And that's, that's something that I can definitely admire, you know, looking at, you know, businesses all throughout you know, American history, it's, it's really cool to see those, those family brands that have, have grown together. I mean, you see it obviously with what you guys are doing and, uh, you know, I had Adam Weatherby on here over the summer and, um, you know, being able to talk with him, you know, listening to some of the, the family stories of, you know, business and all that kind of thing. It's, it's really cool to hear those. Yeah. And then my sister, I mean, she still works for us. She's, uh, she's a year younger than my brother. So, I mean, she's been working for us for 30 plus years and, and my mom mm -hmm. is, semi-retired she probably wouldn't like me saying that because i think she'd still like to be working but she she just could never figure out a computer so up until uh up until about three years ago we were actually still handwriting every one of our invoices if you can believe that wow yeah yeah uh yeah there's a picture of her on the on the wall in the office with the very last invoice that she ever wrote i think it was <laughs> halloween of 2017 and it was invoice it's in the hundred and twenty-five thousand range uh-huh so That's awesome so two carpal tunnel surgeries later, she's, uh, well, yeah, handwriting all that. So <laughs> yeah, she, <laughs> she, she still handwrites all the bills and does the bank deposit for me. So, but her, uh, her workload has been reduced tremendously. So she's, uh, she's the queen of solitaire. Now we joke with her about that. So there we go. That's awesome. That's great. But I was wanting to kind of switch gears a little bit towards, uh, you know, the products that HHA offers. And, um, you know, I had, I had a question written down here about stabilizers and basically, you know, with me, I don't, use a stabilizer. I've seen people use them. I've seen people use all kinds of different, you know, sizes and that kind of thing. So what exactly is a stabilizer and, you know, how can it really affect your archery shot? 
Yeah, I mean, the bows have gotten so efficient that they're, you know, I hear more and more people that aren't using stabilizers just because the bows are pretty well balanced. But yeah, um, but depending on what kind of shooting you're doing, I mean, especially if you're doing a lot of long distance stuff, um, which which with the efficiencies of these bows and, and the products we make and all of all of our competitors make, I mean, the uh, the effectiveness of a bow and arrow is, has grown tremendously in the last 20 years. So people are reaching out longer. And when you do that, you need you need more balance on that bow. So um, having a, having a front stabilizer, you know, that's, that's where they were for years. Um, but now more and more people are actually running a rear stabilizer out the back to, to really kind of fine tune that balance of the bow and get it exactly where you want it. So that's what we pursued this year was with, uh, um, our Tetra LR series we're, we're calling it. Um, we've, we've got front stabilizers, rear stabilizers. We've got additional weights. We've got a, a V bar, uh, sidebar adjustment bracket. We've got slings. So, I mean, we didn't, we didn't just come with one stabilizer. We came with kind of, kind of the whole, everything, including the kitchen sink. And we're, we're pretty excited about it. So. Yeah. So it's a more of a, a longer range. Maybe that's why I don't use them. Cause I'm happy if I can hit it at 40 yards. So, <laughs> but, so that, yeah, that's, that's great though. Yeah. And I mean, they're not, they're not strictly longer range. I mean, our, you know, we've got, uh, we have a six and eight and a 10 inch model. So I mean, people that are just just happy shooting, you know, 30, 40 yards like yourself, yeah. that, that six inch front stabilizer is probably going to be all they need. But I've, once I started doing all these, uh, these archery shoots and 3d shoots that I do for veterans, you know, some of those shots can be a little bit longer. And so I, I started running a rear stabilizer about three or four years ago and it's really improved my shots. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And that's something that, uh, HHA offers and, uh, all the listeners out there, I'll have links in the, the show notes and the details for all that kind of stuff. So what else is, uh, is HHA? I mean, what else you guys got coming up? I know, um, we've mentioned several times that you guys have some new products in the works as we speak right now. And, you know, today is, I guess, a uh, official release day. So, so what's going on with the, the new products? Yeah. I mean, that, that was the, the new product, the stabilizers I was just talking about that stuff literally just dropped today. We've been working on that since, oh boy, probably February of last year. So, I mean, this has been almost a year yeah. in the making. Um, we're, we're still, still probably 30 to 45 days away from shipping. I would think probably by the middle, middle of the end of February, we'll start shipping products. So if you're, if your listeners do go on the website, they're going to see them out of stock right now. Cause we just pretty much pulled the, pulled the cover off the new car today, but we'll be, we'll be delivering them here in the next, in the next four to six weeks. So. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. That's fantastic, man. Yeah, I was going to say our, you know, our claim to fame. What what most of your listeners probably know us for is the is the optimizer and the Tetra series bow sights. That's what really put us on the map back in the mm-hmm. in the mid '90s. And um, we just uh, for the 17th year in a row, we just got the Bow Hunters uh, Bow Hunting World Readers Choice Award Gold Award for the for the top adjustable sight in the industry. So that's something that we we don't brag about it, but we're um, at the same time we're we're humbled that. You know, uh, that's a award that's voted on by the by the end users. So I mean, for 17 years in a row, the the archery public that that bow hunts that uses adjustable yeah. sights thinks that we're the best. So that's something that we don't we don't take lightly, and that's why we're that's why we're always innovating and coming out with new products. So yeah, that's a huge deal, and that's a huge ac- accomplishment to be able to, especially in those those peer voted, peer reviewed type of scenarios. I mean, if, if you've got a product that obviously a lot of people are enjoying and think is worthy of, you know, an award. That's a, that's a huge deal, especially for your business. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a category that's really blown up in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. It's not like we're the only kid on the block. There's definitely a lot of, a lot of competitors and a lot of good competitors. I mean, we're, we're friends with, with everybody that's, 
that's making bow sites and we we shake hands and exchange greetings and hunting stories with all these these guys and gals at the show so um there, there's a lot of good products out there so that that makes it even more i don't want to say impressive but even more humbling to know that even with mm-hmm. everybody that's that's doing this we're we're still number one so yeah that's great yeah i've seen uh I was looking at the website actually today, as a matter of fact, kind of just getting ready for this. And I saw that you guys have a, a single pin, uh, site on there. Now I've always been the one, the site I have right now is a, it's a three pin. I've also seen four or five pin sites. And, you know, I've seen people have some success with those single pins. So as far as the single pin goes, you know, if people are apprehensive to switch it over to that, or if there's anything that they need to know, I mean, what, what would you kind of recommend as far as that goes? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of single pins out on the market. Our, our kind of our claim to fame that we we patented probably back 2006, 2007. Our, our sight tape is pretty pretty unique in how you dial it in. So basically, you you sight in at 20 and 60 yards with a setup tape, mm-hmm. and then you go to the package and there's a there's a whole array of pre-printed yardage tapes, and one of those is going to fit your system, and then that'll be dialed in depending on the model. It'll either be dialed in from 20 to 80 in five yard increments or on our higher end models, it's actually 20 to 101 yard increments. I mean, the, the accuracy of the, of the single pins has really gone up over the years. Um, and I know, you know, some people are a little apprehensive on a, on a one pin. Well, what happens if the, you know, deers at 20 yards, all of a sudden he runs out to 40. Um, I mean, bottom line, if you're shooting one pin or three or five or seven, if he, if you, if that animal does that, chances are you're going to have to let down and range it again to, to see where he's at. Um, I've, I've been bow hunting all my life, like I said earlier, and I don't, I don't think I've ever harvested an animal at more than about 30 yards. So and with, with the efficiency of the bows these days, you can, you can probably shoot zero to 35 or zero to 40. Um, just leaving that, that single pin at 25 yards and kind of knowing what your bow does out to 40. So that's, that's how we, that's how we try to sell some of the, some of the critics or people that might be on the fence about shooting one pin. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, that's something that, uh, like you were saying, if, if you do have that scenario where you have a deer come in at 20 or and it ends up going out to 35, you know, 40, 45 yards, but you're going to have to know what that distance is anyway. So, I mean, a, a minor adjustment to, to something that could be, you know, very accurate is, is definitely worthwhile. So yeah, that's a, that's a, a very good point. And it's just that visual too. I mean, as the bows have gotten faster, obviously, if you're shooting multiple pins, those pins are going to get closer together. So, and, and yeah. unfortunately, as we get older, our eyes aren't as good. So you throw all those factors into a into a pot and mix them up, and all of a sudden, you're looking at a gob of pins out there, and you don't know which one to to grab to shoot at the deer. So we've had a lot of people over the years that have have shot multiple pins and, and made the switch to single, and they, their only their only complaint is they wish they would have done it sooner. So yeah. Yeah. Admittedly this year, uh, it was actually early October. I missed a doe because I had her on the wrong pin, believe it or not. So it's actually funny that we've switched to this, uh, this type of conversation because I had her, uh, I ended up hitting her just a little bit high because I was a one pin too low. So and just, just because of that, that, uh, that range and she had moved and all that kind of thing. So, so yeah, it's definitely, definitely worthwhile, I guess, from, from firsthand experience to, make sure that you got that range make sure you got everything lined up there yeah well it's only january i'll get one on your doorstep and you could play with it this spring and see if you like it or not maybe we'll have another convert on our hands here comes there September. Uh oh, <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we've mentioned it a couple of times here but you've uh you've got a little something else going on with with hha and that's a uh, the operation hha usa which is where you guys are uh 
you're doing these 3D shoots with veterans, which is absolutely fantastic. I guess I can kind of let you explain what that is. Yeah, I mean, that's something that uh, God God started putting that on my heart kind of right around the time that I got saved. I mean, I before I was saved, I was, I was selfish. I was all about Chris and, and the older I got. And then once I, once I did get saved, it was like, he was just convicting me that there's, there's more to life than just you. I've blessed you with a lot. What are you going to do with that to bless somebody else? And, um, right around that same time, we were getting a lot of calls, a lot of emails, um, posts on social media from veterans and, and active duty, uh, service members looking for a military discount. So we had started that military discount probably a couple of years prior to this. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Honor Flight Network at all. Um, yeah, I've actually heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So, so for your listeners that haven't, the Honor Flight was started back in the early 2000s, um, originally designed for World War II vets to send them to DC to visit the memorials built in their honor. And that has now blown up in the last 15 plus years to 140 chapters around the country. Um, I think they've sent over a quarter million veterans from World War II, Korea, and Vietnam to Washington, D.C. To, to visit the war memorials. So it's a it's an awesome organization. And it was something that I, I volunteered for five years ago and just absolutely fell in love with it. And um, a couple of years into doing it, I was driving home from the airport one night and I thought, man, I've got this very successful archery business with, with a lot of connections in the industry. How can I leverage that to raise money for Honor Flight? And so... Long story short, I put on three archery shoots uh, in 2017, and we were able to raise $15,000 over three weekends for our local Honor Flight chapter. Wow. Um, and then that doubled to 30000 in 2018, and then in 2019, it went up to 45000 So, I mean, in three years' time, we raised almost $100,000, $90,000 for our local Honor Flight. And the more of those shoots that I did, I would have people that would come up to me and be like, man, I'm from two hours away. Would you ever think about coming down there? And the more I thought about it, it's like, well, yeah, I would love to, but I don't really have the, I don't have the fundraising bucket to do that because I was essentially just working as a volunteer for this local honor flight chapter. So at that point, I decided to start HHA USA as my own 501c3. Um, And then something else that, that I'm also very passionate about is PTSD and the 22 veterans a day. So once we started HHA USA last year, um, we take the first 22% of our monies raised uh, to help raise awareness for the 22 a day and, and combat PTSD. And we've partnered with three other organizations, uh, Wounded Warriors in Action, the Neistead Foundation, and Adam LaRoche's E3 Foundation. And yeah. all three of those groups, uh, that, that's their wheelhouse. They, they get vets out into the into the outdoors or on fishing trips and just love on them and help them help them combat some of those issues that they've had from their time in in combat so um pretty pretty cool deal we uh we put on eight events last year even with COVID 19 we were able to hold eight outdoor 3d 3d shoots and and indoor shoots um and we raised sixty thousand dollars i mean it's been it's been really really cool to see it grow i've got six or seven people that i've met in the five years of doing this that have become really, really close friends because they've got the same heart as I do for veterans that are my volunteers. Now. Um, my wife helps me behind the scenes with all of the door prize stuff. We do a lot of silent auctions. So she, she's the brains behind all that and helps me do that. So, I mean, it's a, none of us take a dime from it. All the money that we make goes back to, to our veterans. So it's just been something that, uh, God's got a big plan for it. I'm just, I'm just curious to see what that's going to look like, but I could, I could potentially see this thing growing beyond, beyond Wisconsin in the next few years. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely sounds like, it. and that's that is awesome. I mean, that that is absolutely incredible, and it's interesting that uh, you mentioned the twenty two and the twenty two percent. You know, is that a uh, is that a guess a, a symbol of the twenty two veterans? I'm assuming that you know take their lives every day because of suicide and you know related to ptsd related to their their time at in the military exactly yeah that's where the 22 a day come came from so i mean you know we we raised roughly 60 grand this year so 22 percent of that is you know a little over twelve thousand dollars so we're going to divide that three ways between those other three partners of ours and you know that's going to be a check for four thousand bucks i'm going to get to cut to those guys and they can they can then mobilize that and use it to to bring some veterans out and and love on them i remember when i sat down uh the Wounded Warriors in Action was actually started by a gentleman here in Wisconsin, and now they've got, they put on about 50 or 60 events around the country every year, mm-hmm. um, whether it be duck hunts, fishing, arch, uh, you know, archery hunts for deer, you name it. They do all this different stuff. But the I met with one of the volunteers a couple of years ago, and I was kind of trying to just feel them out and see if it was somebody that I wanted to work with. And they had they had a veteran that came in for a, a spring cast and blast, so they did a little fishing, and they went out on a turkey hunt. And this gentleman from the service had a, they didn't have a good week of hunting. And he ended up shooting a big Tom on the last morning of his last day of his hunt. Yeah. And he told the the guide when he left, he's like, I was going to go home and, and end it. Man. After this hunt. And th- this hunt basically saved my life. Man. And I just, I get, I get emotional even talking about that. And it's like, man, if we can, if, if we even have one story like that, I don't, I don't know how long the Lord's going to have me doing this, whether it's for another year or another 50 years, as long as I'm here, if we can have one story like that come out of what we're doing, it, all of our work is going to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely is. That's a, uh, that's incredible. And that's man, that's, that's crazy. How, how God works through, through this hunting thing. You know, this, it's crazy to sit here and think that like, you know, guys like you and me and, you know, millions of people all across the country, we get up early and at crazy times on the weekends to go out and pursue these animals, but you don't really know what else is going on, you know, with, with these other people. And, you know, especially these people that are dealing with these PTSD and they're dealing with different, you know, type things that they've had to deal with uh, because of their service or because of, you know, health issues or whatever it is related to that. You know, it's just crazy that something like that has the potential God has the, potential for God to use it in a way that's literally saving people's lives. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to wrap your brain around it when you think about it, but it's just, it's awesome to be a part of it. And then the support from within our industry is just amazing. I mean, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to know a lot of good people over the years in our industry, but I mean, I, I just started sending out all my emails here last week to, uh, to touch base with folks and see if they wanted to come back as, as product mm-hmm. sponsors. Cause we don't ask for cash from anybody. It's just all industry people are sending, you know, trail cameras and boots and camel clothes and bows and crossbows, you name it. I mean, we, it, you go to one of our archery shoots and it looks like a, a white tails unlimited or a QDMA or a Rocky mountain elk banquet cross between an archery shoot. Cause we'll have anywhere from 40 to 70 items out for silent auction at every one of our shoots. Man, that's awesome. That's, so that's great. It's Man, become cow. a really, become a really, really neat platform. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm excited to see, see where it's going to go. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I've actually seen um, you know, some of the episodes of Buck Commander with uh, Adam LaRoche and uh, seeing some of the the guys that they pull in, you know, uh, with his E3 Ranch Foundation, and it's really cool to sit there and watch, you know, his re- interaction and uh, you know, I guess the interaction of of everybody involved because there is a an appreciation for what those guys and gals have had to go through, you know, in order to, to secure our freedoms and be able to, you know, have the opportunity to have podcasts like this right here and, you know, being able to, to share our faith, you know, freely. And it's a lot of it's because of the, the brave men and women that have, have served. I mean, it's, it's great that you guys have a a program where you basically give a little bit back and to make sure that, you know, they're, they have somebody to, to check in on them and make sure that, you know, they're enjoying you know, I guess God's creation through the process. That's great. Yeah, no, it's an awesome, awesome program. I mean, Adam is, uh, he's a special man. I met him about 10 years ago. And again, that was before I got saved. So, I mean, that was when he was still playing ball and I thought, man, this is awesome. And at that point I had, I had hooked up with a few different ball players that, uh, that were archers, but, uh, Adam and I got together a few times when he was in Milwaukee, he'd get us tickets for games and we'd go out to lunch and stuff. And, uh, I mean, who knew that, you know, 10 years after we meet, he and I are, are partnered together on, on raising money for veterans. I mean, I remember the day that I called him on the phone and asked him if he'd be all right, if we'd, we'd partner with him. And he was just about in tears. I mean, he is, he is one of the most genuine human beings yeah. that I've ever met in my life. I mean, you talk about a man that's sold out for the Lord and, and mm-hmm. is, is doing his work. He's just, he's Adam LaRoche is a, is a top notch fella. So. Yeah. I was, uh, I've always been inspired by his story of, uh, his son, you know, and what kind of led to his retirement, you know, his involvement in getting into, to stopping sex trafficking and all that kind of thing. It's, uh, his story has always been inspiring. And, you know, the fact that he's, you know, partnering with you guys and, uh, you know, giving back to vet- veterans as much as he can is, is absolutely incredible. You know, I, I didn't serve in military. I didn't, uh, do any of that, but I am, you know, a patriot through and through, and I can definitely, uh, appreciate, you know, veterans and the sacrifice that they've given. And, you know, I've seen it with my own family members and seen it with my friends and that kind of thing that have served. And, uh, it's a, it's a pretty tough gig. <laughs> so I, I definitely am thankful for, for those guys and gals. Yeah. You and me both. I mean, I, I had a couple uncles that served in Korea. They were, uh, they were stateside. So I mean, they didn't have any stories, but my, my father-in-law served in Vietnam, um, and he's, he's, again, I'd put him right up there with a, with an Adam LaRoche. I mean, he's just a, just an amazing man of God and, and will do anything to serve anybody and um, has just been super influential in my, my walk with the Lord. And I, I was actually honored to be able to go uh, on the honor flight with him last uh, year ago, September, mm-hmm. uh, was able to go to DC with him and, and experience that trip with him. So that was, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. And so, uh, so what are the, what's the future of the HHA USA and your archery shoots? What's it kind of looking like right now? You guys got any thing planned for 2021? Yeah, we've got, we originally had put 12 shoots out on the calendar, but then, uh, with COVID-19, the, the indoor stuff wasn't looking so good. So we actually had to cancel our first four events. So our, our first shoot of 2021 won't be until May. Um, and it is disappointed as I was to cancel off those four events. As soon as I went from eight to 12, I'm like, man, what am I doing? I got a business to run and now I got 12 archery shoots to plan. So <laughs> I was a little, I, I was going to keep my commitment, but at the same time I had a little bit of buyer's remorse because my, my schedule got a little aggressive. So, um, I guess this was the Lord's way of telling me that eight shoots is what I should be doing. So yeah. now we're, <laughs> now we're really, really 
um, just getting dialed in with those first, those, that, that first shoot in May, which was only about a half hour from the Matthews factory. So, um, and, and another, another kind of cool God story is about two years ago, I was at one of my shoots actually here in our hometown at the archery club. And I looked across the clubhouse and I saw this guy wearing a really cool looking red, white, and blue Matthews hat. And I'm like, man, I, I got to get one of those hats. I had never seen it anywhere. So I went over and I started talking to him and I looked at him and I'm like, do I know you? And, uh, he told me his name and I'm like, no kidding. And here it was a guy that I had played high school basketball with back in 91 or 92. So I hadn't seen him for almost 30 years. Yeah. And, uh, long story short, after he got out of high school, he ended up going into the military and he just, just recently, uh, retired and was the president of an archery club down in, in Toma, which is not very far from Sparta where, uh, where Matthews is located. So, um, you know, a quarter century later, I run into this guy that, uh, <laughs> that I used to play basketball with in, in high school. And, and now he's, I mean, he's completely on board with what we're doing. So he's, he's one of those volunteers that I spoke to you about. Um, and they've, they've got a really, really cool club down there. It's a rod and gun club. So we're actually going to do a two man 3d scramble the, the night of our, uh, of our first shoot and got our friends from, uh, from chase nation outdoors that are, uh, they're a film crew out of Milwaukee that does a bunch of cool stuff. And so they're going to come up and film it for us. And we've actually got a couple other veterans coming in. Um, so really going to be doing a really, really neat film project with those guys, probably a 15, 20 minute short film on kind of on the HHA USA thing, but more so on these, these two veterans that I'm bringing in. Um, so I'm excited to tell their story and, and get that out to, to all of our, all of our followers here this summer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll be uh, I'll be on the lookout for that because that's that's going to be pretty awesome to check out, man. So, if people are interested in you know HHA USA, if they're interested in HHA products, you know where can they where can they find all that? Where can they connect with you? And where can they con- connect with the business? Yeah, I mean our uh, our for profit business HHAsports.com. Uh, we're on, we're on Instagram and Facebook and then HHA USA. I actually run all of our social media for that myself. So you can find us on Facebook and, and Instagram as well. And then HHAUSA.org is our, our website. So, um, and a lot of times we'll get, you know, I'll post a new shoot and people will be like, Oh man, I'm down in Texas. I really wish I could help you out. And I mean, for people that want to, want to do that, we, we do have that donation button on there. So, I mean, any funds that we get, um, you know, that'll plug into, to honor flight chapters as well as, as helping to fight that 22 a day and, and getting some men and women of the service out hunting and fishing and doing the things that we love so much. So, um, that's how you can connect with us. And then me, me personally, people want to follow me. I'm on, uh, I'm on Instagram as well. It's just Chris ham 2517. And I, I picked that because of, uh, second Corinthians 517, which, which talks about, uh, basically being reborn in Christ, you know, uh, yeah. the old, the old is gone. The new is the new is here. So that was, uh, when I got back on, on social media, I just, I wanted to have some kind of a, of a connection there. And that's, that was the, that was the verse that I used the day that I got baptized. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll make sure I put all the links for that in the show notes of this show. They'll be able to go right down there, click on those links and it'll take them right through the website. So I'll also have all the social media and all the connections for that, man. So Chris, I, I definitely appreciate you taking some time this evening. I'm glad we were able to get this scheduled and be able to get this recorded. I'm looking forward to being able to share this with everybody because this was a, a really great, wholesome conversation, man. So thank you so much for taking some time. Man, Tyler, I, I appreciate, uh, one, I appreciate your patience and working around my crazy schedule. That was, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to blame that on my deer. So 
hopefully uh, <laughs> there you go. we'll put Houdini to rest here in, uh, in September and we can come on and talk about him again. But no, I, I appreciate you and everything that you're doing. I think uh, the, the platform for this podcast is awesome and this, this world needs more, more of this stuff right now. So keep, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. All right, guys. So there you have it. There's my conversation with Chris Hamm of HHA. Be sure to check out what he's doing with HHA USA. It's an incredible organization that he has put together to help give back to military veterans. And also be sure to check out HHA products. I'll have the links for all that in the show notes of this show. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of the Rice Elite Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And I'll see you guys next time.